0: Our learning objective is to compute a time-weighted rate of return. Now let's start off with why evaluating portfolio performance is not so simple. And one reason it's not so simple is computing the rate of return on portfolios in practice may actually be a rather complex task. If there's no cash going into or out of a portfolio, over the time period being observed, then computing rate of return is not a problem. But as soon as you have cash going into a portfolio or out or being withdrawn from a portfolio, it means that there are different and legitimate methods of computing the rate of return on the portfolio and unfortunately these different methods will actually provide different results. The two basic methods for evaluating portfolio performance are what we call time-weighted and dollar-weighted. Again, if there are no cash flows in or out, then both methods will produce the same result. Now, when we talk about cash flows, sometimes I like to refer to this as interim cash flows cash flows during the time you're holding the investment. And it's any additions of cash to or removals of cash from a portfolio. So if the investments in the portfolio accrue dividend and interest payments, but this cash is left in the portfolio, that's not an interim cash flow because the value will be captured in the ending portfolio value. If it's a margin account and interest is being charged on the debit balance, if there is no cash added to pay the interest, then that's not an interim cash flow. But if you add cash to pay the interest that is being charged on the debit balance, that would be an interim cash flow. The time-weighted rate of return is the geometric mean return. The way to compute the geometric mean return is you compute the holding period return relative. You then take the nth root, where n is the number of time periods, and you subtract 1. So let's consider a sample problem. Let's say the initial value of your portfolio is 100,000. At the end of time period 1, you add $40,000 to the portfolio. And the value after you added the forty thousand is one hundred thirty-five thousand. At the end of time period two, the portfolio is worth one hundred fifty thousand. What is the time-weighted rate of return? In order to compute the holding period return relative, we have to start by computing the per period returns. So for the first period. Although the value of the portfolio starts at $100,000 and ends at 135, dollars you added $40,000 at the end of the time period, which means what had happened is the value of the portfolio had declined from $100,000 to 95, dollars and then you added the $40,000. So the per-period return for the first period is a $5,000 loss on a $100,000 portfolio, or minus 5%. In the second period, the value of the portfolio goes from 135,000 to 150,000, and this is an 11.11% rate of return. So for our first, for our two time periods, the per-period returns are minus .05 and .1111. You have to convert these to per-period return relatives, so it would be 1 minus 0.05 and 1 plus 0.1111, which is 0.95 and 1.1111. We can now compute the holding period return relative, which would be the product of the two per-period return relatives. So that would be 0.95 times 1.1111, giving you 1.0556. In this case there are two time periods, so you would take the 1.0556 to the one half power, also known as the square root, and subtract 1. Well the square root is 1.0274, subtract 1 and you get .0274 or 2.74 percent. Let's consider some true false questions. A time-weighted rate of return gives equal weight to each time period. That's true. When you are computing the holding period return relative, you multiply all the per-period return relatives together and there's no weighting. So each time period has the same effective weight. Negative rates of return are problematical in time-weighted rates of return calculations that's false. Your per period return relative just ends up being less than one. If your holding period return relative is also less than one, then once you take the nth root and subtract one, you will end up with a negative rate of return. So negative rates of return are functionally no different than positive rates of return and are not any issue in solving the problem.